Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. An Erio's original. I was born with a special gift. The ability to mentally transform any situation into the worst case scenario in my own brain. My therapist calls my gift catastrophizing. And that's why I'm uniquely qualified to scrutinize and analyze history's greatest disasters and find out who's to blame. They say history repeats itself. Not on my watch. My name is Rebecca Delgado-Smith. And I am The Alarmist. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to The Alarmist, a comedy podcast where we talk about history's greatest tragedies and figure out who's to blame. Today we're discussing the 1992 Guadalajara explosions. Here's what you need to know. Guadalajara is the capital city of Mexico's famed Jalisco state, the birthplace of cultural icons such as tequila and mariachi. The historic city sits on an arid mile-high plain 300 miles west of Mexico City. In mid-April of 1992, residents of downtown Guadalajara's Reforma district began to notice the smell of gasoline and chemicals coming from their toilets and drains. Most ignored the smell, assuming it was the result of the annual spring cleaning of La Nogalera, a gasoline storage facility belonging to state-owned oil monopoly Pemex. By April 19, which was Easter Sunday, 
the smell worsened and complaints began to roll in to the Guadalajara Fire Department and the water sewage system, Sistema Intermunicipal de Agua Potable y Alcantarillado, known as SIAPA, SIAPA. By Tuesday, April 21st, the concerning odor was making headlines. The fire department and SIAPA tested water samples from various sewers in the Reforma neighborhood and discovered concentrations of up to 100% explosivity. They suspected the solvent was coming from La Central, a cooking oil processing plant where hexane was reportedly being stored. The cooking oil company's board of directors promptly shut down the plant at midnight on April 21st, while denying the company's responsibility for the dangerous fumes. The fire department proceeded to open manhole covers in the area to allow the alleged hexane gases to escape and flush the gas out of the city sewer pipes with water. The firefighters believed the problem was solved when they remeasured explosivity levels at 3.30 a.m. on April 22nd and found that they had been reduced from 100% to 15%. So they went home. By 9 a.m. that same morning, explosivity levels were back up to 100%. The director of SIAPA immediately met with the Jalisco state government to discuss the threat, though SIAPA and the fire department continued to reassure residents that there was nothing to worry about. One hour later, around 10 a.m. on April 22, 1992, the explosions began. In rapid succession, over several hours, approximately seven miles of sewer pipe exploded below the densely populated Guadalajara. Buses and cars were hurled into the air, homes were demolished, and entire families buried into piles of rubble. According to one report, the blasts measured 7.1 and 7.0 on the University of Mexico's Richter scale, located hundreds of miles away in Mexico City. The heart of Guadalajara was left in ruins. Fun facts, aka death stats. Multiple blasts over about four hours destroyed nearly seven miles of sewer lines, and in the worst hit places, left 25 foot deep trenches of rubble. The explosions happened within a span of four hours. A thousand buildings were partially damaged, and another thousand were demolished completely. 350 businesses were lost. 505 vehicles were destroyed. 1,400 residents were injured, and 210 died. Around 15,000 people were left homeless as a result of the disaster. With us today, we have producer Amanda Lund. Hi, Rebecca. Hi, Alarmy. And fact checker Chris Smith. DJ Khaled. We the best music. And uh, uh, <laughs> special surprise, it's just the three of us. That's why I got loose there. I know. Yeah. That's like Chris is acting as guest and fact checker. <laughs> I'm my own, and today I'm I'm my own fact checker, and I decided to give myself the day off for my own facts. <laughs> I'll still fact check for you guys, but I'm not going to check fact my own check fact my own fact checks. I think I think thank God. Does that mean we don't get any of your personal facts? It means you don't have the double seal of security. Like, is oh, it, <laughs> oh no! Now it's just the the cheap dollar store one seal of oh, security, no. like you you get at the dollar store. How mm. about you, Amanda? Are you at one hundred percent? 
I'm at 110%, baby, <laughs> like up. every day. <laughs> I'm well, rip ready, rip roaring, ready to go. <laughs> All right, I'm 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 just gonna go 100, just because you took 110. Hmm. Okay, that's great. Good. It's good. <laughs> One of us should be over. Chris is at 50, and and I'm at 100. Um, and and today we get to discuss our own fears. What is it that's keeping us alarmed? What's oh, keeping us up at night? I actually thought about this um, early this morning. Well, I was like, if Rebecca asked me what's alarming me these days, what what is it? And I, I have an answer. What is it? Plastics. Oh. <laughs> Plastics are alarming me. Oh, no. Tell us. Tell us. I just, I, I, multiple informational sources have come my way. There was a Nova documentary on PBS about fertility and how exposure to plastics might be responsible for um, low fertility rates and just in general, um, just thinking about like, single-use plastics mm. and oh, yeah. and then you start to look around your house and you go wow look at all this plastic <laughs> and thinking about my tupperware and i got to get rid of all the plastic tupperware and it's just it gets so overwhelming um but i am like we bought you know new reusable water bottles which we've oh, we had already had some but we bought like good good ones that we'll want to yeah. use yeah. and i'm just gonna get rid of all my plastic tupperware because i'm like what am i doing and i have a couple glass ones but i i'm such um i hate wasting stuff so I i'm like i don't want to throw out these plastic tupperwares i can recycle them I think. Uh, but yeah, so I've been I've been concerned about plastics and it was making me think we should do an alarmist episode, get get into some of this stuff, maybe do Teflon. Oh. Yeah. What I mean, the, that that'll keep me up at night. You the, know, it's just one little scratch and you're exposed. Yes. One little scratch on a pan and all of a sudden you're all exposed. Right. Well, the other <laughs> thing about Teflon is that they don't they dump their chemicals into like poor rivers and <laughs> uh oh looks like someone's not fact checking not today <laughs> I I'm, mean I'm allowed it sounds, to say whatever I want <laughs> it sounds like something that would, would happen do. they yeah. would do but really we're gonna does. have to do a deep dive on it because yeah. I well we got to get Rebecca yeah. on the case is what we have to do we'll look into it she's got a long laundry list of of historical tragedies and we've just got to and we'll get to it it's like you get to a bakery you pick that you pick up a number and you just wait in line you get to (laughs) plastics (laughs) okay okay (laughs) um chris what is alarming you these days um let's see what's alarming me these days um boy i tell you this drought in california oh yeah and here the season comes uh, with all of the wildfires sort of pending, almost like just uh, like a fate accompli, like it's going to happen again. We know we're going to get bad fires, fires because of the drought combined with these conditions, which have not changed since last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, it's quite an undertaking. And it just, it, you know, when you, when you live out here in the desert, we live in a desert, um, and it, you feel it every day. It's hot. It's, you feel it. It's yep. it's dry. It's arid, and um, 
And, you know, how much can we live off, continue to live off of the water from the Colorado River and from the north, the Sierras? Um, it's just very, uh, I think it's tenuous. We just, do, we just don't know the numbers. We don't know the numbers. There are very, very lots of them. There are, there a, are lot lots of of numbers. Numbers. Yes. <laughs> so numbers. <laughs> don't get, I've seen, I've seen a lot of numbers. And I'm a fact checker. So I've seen, I deal with numbers. Don't get me. I've seen 1,000, 100, 200, 2,040, Yeah, all 55. the numbers. Oh, I've dealt with a lot of numbers. I have actually been uh, stressing about a similar thing. Uh, fire safety frustrations. Um, recently, it was the 4th of July. Mm. It seems like people are are don't care and are just doing fireworks, <laughs> you know, galore whenever they want to. It's illegal here. They're still doing it. Yeah, they were all over our area. Yeah. And, oh, and, yeah. You know, they're doing it in, like, the middle of the street. And, like, there's trees, and um, that could easily catch fire. Like, have we not learned from all of the uh, gender reveal explosions? It, it Just don't look at a fire. Go to a park. Look at a fire uh, work display. Or go hmm. turn on the TV. <laughs> I was going to say, you just stop no, fire in the middle, work. Go, go to display. a park and look at a go fire. Go to a park, look at a fire, light one in a trash can, <laughs> like a I sane person. <laughs> uh, but that's alarming me. And recently I've just been uh, imagining my, uh, when I drive, everything is so hot. I just imagine things like turning into balls of fire. Mm. Wow. Like cars. Cars? Yeah. I'm like, cars are hot. And then I just, it gets dark, guys. (laughs) Wow. To to live inside that head. Yeah, exactly. That's the the alarmist nightmare. I was going to say the alarm, an alarmist stream, but that's the alarmist, the the alarmist nightmare. (laughs) That's right. God, it's it's early for Chris. (laughs) I think I'm doing great. So let's get started talking about this very terrible tragedy, which actually did not get a lot of press at the time. Uh, I was I was reading it was because it it also coincided with the uh, Rodney King uh, and and the L.A. riots uh, Mm. at the time. Okay, just so you understand the amount of streets that were destroyed by the explosion was equivalent to the distance between Wall Street and Times Square. So it's a massive amount of cityscape that was totally destroyed. Um, Here's an LA Times article uh, that, that kind of gives you a feeling for how it all went down. Gonzalez Cervantes was at home watching television when the first blasts occurred around 10.30 a.m., There was a huge boom. I came outside and there were cars on roofs and clouds of dust everywhere, Cervantes said. People were crying. They were hysterical. I've never seen anything like it. At a government sports complex, bodies of some of the victims were laid out on a basketball court under white tarpaulins. I don't know what that word is. Tarps, maybe? Tarps? Um... Many were older women, children, and babies. Horrible. Norma Garcia, 24, came to recover her sister's body. My sister was on her way to the store when the street exploded, she said. We had been smelling gas for days. They had blocked off the street. Cars couldn't get through, but nobody told us to evacuate. After the explosion, she ran up to the roof of her house. I screamed, my sister is down there. People began digging through the rubble, she said. There were two bodies there. Here, one was my sister. 
Cecilia Mendoza, 35, came to identify her husband. We were eating tacos on the street, uh, and the street blew up and came down on top of my husband. Mm. I managed to get out, and so did my son. The 12-year-old boy cried, Mama, I'm over here. She dug him out, but her husband lay crushed to death under under tons of asphalt. I mean, it's just so traumatizing. Horrible. Fruit stand owner Salvador Aguila Lopez, 23, told the Associated Press that he had just come from the market and was unloading a truck in front of his house. He heard a rumble, grabbed his boy, and threw him into the house. Before he blacked out, Aguila Lopez said, the street rose up and cars flew up. Then when it all settled, one car was across the street. Uh, one car that was across the street was on top of a mound of rubble that was a house on the other side. Wow. Mm. Aguila Lopez said there had been a baby inside the car. Aye, the car landed aye. on the mound of rubble and the baby on the roof of another house oh near gosh. it. The baby was alive, he wow. said. It must have been a miracle. Truly a miracle. <laughs> the mother of the baby was found in the beauty shop across the street, half buried in rubble uh, A neighbor uh, by a neighbor. He, she was alive, too, probably with broken legs. How scary. I mean, what's so horrifying about this? Um, well, it's two two things are truly horrifying. One, that you're just living your life and the street explodes. <laughs> I mean, what would you think? Would Like, I wouldn't even have any idea. I, my mind would not go to like, oh, yeah, there's an issue with like the pipes and no. toxic chemicals in the pipes. I would be like, the world is ending. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing that is so horrifying about this is the days-long lead-up to this disaster where anyone in their right mind could have foreseen a real issue and evacuated people and did not. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, you you probably think, are we being bombed right now? Yeah. You know, what is going on? I mean, it must have just been confusing um, and just, God, so disturbing and disorienting. Um, Yeah. I mean, this is really, uh, you know, there, of course, we all have read the headlines and and read the articles about the Miami condo that recently. Yeah, right. Um, And there's there's footage of of the condo uh, falling. It's it's terribly sad. And I can't imagine what's going through the minds of those people who are suddenly just in their bed waking up to, you know, a falling building. In that Um, vein, do you think that there's something we put up like uh, infrastructure or something like that or maybe like... uh, um, regulations or or um. Well, I'm sure. Like, what do you got for yeah, us, Rebecca? Because yeah. I think you probably have all that stuff ready to let's, go. Let's let's start putting things up on the board, and you know. What uh, what I was going to say, it was just that there's footage. This is 1992, you know. There's footage of the aftermath of this destruction and and, and this ex- these explosions, and it looks like a terrible... Um, earthquake, just like a mm. one of the worst earthquake aftermaths. And and what's wild to me is that they kept it, it didn't all happen at once. They kept happening like little by little. So you didn't know. I, I could imagine in in all the confusion, you didn't know where the next explosion was going to be. So where do you run? Like, <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine the panic. Yeah, it's like a war zone for real. Yeah. So let's start by putting La Centrale uh, for uh, the hex or the hexane leak. Um, This is according to the text. Shortly after the explosion, 
Pemex blamed a cooking oil company, La Centrale, saying that the firm had allowed volatile hexane gas to enter the sewer system. But La Centrale quickly cleared its name. So I kind of put them up here just so that we can clear them. <laughs> Let's start okay. off by clearing them. <laughs> but it's important. Uh, Suburban Emergency Management Group said, chemical engineers agreed that an explosion of this magnitude w- would have required hundreds of thousands of liters of hexane in the sewer. La Centrale explained that it had handled less, it handled less than 3,000 liters of hexane a day and had a maximum storage capacity of 60,000. So well below that level. Uh, What's more, La Centrale's hexane tank was still full after the explosion, and La Centrale uh, itself was fully intact. Chemical engineer Alejandro Villaseñor told the uh, Proceso reporter that if La Centrale... La Central had, in fact, been the source of the leak, the factory would have been the first place to explode. So this is like when I start a to-do list and I put on the top of it, make to-do list, and then I just cross it off. Because <laughs> we know this is just getting crossed <laughs> off, right? Yes, it's getting crossed off. Um, but it, it was like right immediately after the explosions, this is where the fingers gotcha. pointed so to. So it's important gotcha. to, to know and just in terms of context of what, of what people were thinking at and the time. And to understand that it was not possible that hexane was the amount of hexane that was necessary to create the, these explosions. They just didn't, con- they didn't have no. it. Okay. Right, right, right. Okay, now let's talk about pipe construction. Yay! <laughs> this is honestly one of my favorite subjects. <laughs> what do you like so much about it? I just love everything about it. The pipe part, the construction part. I love <laughs> talking about what goes through the pipes. <laughs> well, you're in luck. Uh, (laughs) Pamela Varley said, as promised, Federal Attorney General uh, General Morales completed his report with... No, the Attorney General. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Federal Attorney General. What'd she call him? Uh, She thought uh, it was just an attorney. General Morales. General Morales. (laughs) (laughs) I love that name. General Morales. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Fine. We'll, We'll call him by his proper title. Federal Attorney General Morales completed his report within 72 hours. The report concluded that gasoline was indeed the primary cause of the blast, but stated that hexane was also present in the sewers and left open the possibility that the hexane had accelerated the explosion. Further, the report stated that the gasoline had leaked through a one centimeter wide hole in a single gas pipe. One centimeter. Friction between the uh, 40-year-old gas pipes and a more recently laid potable water pipe that crossed it had caused the leak. The report continued. The attorney general added that the uh, common practice of using the water pipes as a ground for electrical wires may have contributed to the corrosion by interfering with the gas pipe's cathodic leak protection system. The leak must have been going on for several weeks. Okay. I know there's a lot of, uh, it's hard to imagine, but maybe this will help. According to corrosion doctors, (laughs) the first cause of the disaster was a galvanized steel pipe that was 
occluding in a humid environment with a steel gasoline pipeline. Both of them corroded and gasoline leaked through the holes right in the main sewer. Okay, interesting. So um, maybe, Chris, you can look up the word occluding, just so unless you already know what that means. That was occluding in a humid... I do know what it means, but for our, I'll double check for the audience. Okay, maybe double check. Because what I'm imagining is occluding means like touching. Like they were kind of rubbing up yeah. against each other. Well, um, actually, it means to block up. Oh. Oh, so interesting. So a first steel... First was governor's steel pipeline that was occluding in humid environment with a steel gasoline pipeline. Okay, so, so they were blocking, blocking it. Up, and that's what wow. caused the corrosion, I guess. Weird. Um, And, and then... Uh, same according to the corrosion uh, doctors they said that the second cause of the disaster was a u-shaped siphon mm-hmm. siphon 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 in the sewer needed to duck under a recently built underground railway we'll, we'll discuss the design allowed fluids to pass through but also block the fumes there should have been a siphon for the fumes passing over the underground railway railway okay yeah so i mean this does go like pipe construction and like i'm just assuming that goes back to what chris was saying infrastructure or local government or whoever's in charge of keeping the pipes in line well the uh the the big twist or maybe you'll get to this Uh uh-huh is that the gas provider in mexico is a monopoly run by the government. Mm-hmm. We will get to it. We will. We'll get there. Um, and uh, I, but more importantly, right now the the reason that the these the, okay, so if you can imagine, there are these sewage pipes, sewer pipes, right, that have been there for I don't know how many years. Then they decided they wanted to run a, a subway system. This was three years before the explosion. And they built this uh, uh, under under the city, but they wanted to, in many parts, the, the subway system had to go through the already pre-existing sewage pipes. So it had to cut through. Mm-hmm. So what they did was they created these U-turns for the pipes to go underneath the subway rails mm-hmm. to allow for the cut through. So oh, I see. Picture like pipes underneath a kitchen sink. You know, like allowing for the subway. Now, what Corrosion Doctors is saying that it should have gone over the subway. The, the, uh-huh. use, the use should have been over the subway to allow for uh, the fumes passing. Right. Well, this, this is, uh, we, we got to get the expert on this because this is sort of breaking my brain a little bit. Because <laughs> we're, we're talking about gases passing through the sewage. The sewer yeah. line. They're the gases from the gas pipe, which is a different pipe altogether. The gas is leaking. The hexane is going in through the, su- the sewer lines. The sewer lines weren't, are, they're not built to sort of uh, account for hexane gas, are they? I don't know. I don't think they should be there at all. The hexane gas should be there at all. Right. So let's put the subway system, the, the, th- you know, three-year-old subway system up on the board. And let's okay, put got it. Uh, government workers' negligence up on government the board as Government workers' well. negligence, okay. 
Um, according to Time, this is not the first time government negligence has caused a blow-up in Guadalajara's sewers. A similar okay. leak of chemicals in 1983 sent trees and cars flying in a 10-block area and injured 48 what? people. There have been other explosions in the country since 1978, including a series of glass gas explosions on the outskirts of Mexico City in 1984 that killed at least 400 people. Wow. According to the LA Times, Guillermo Cosia Vidaurri, Vidaurri, uh, governor of Jalisco State, whose capital is Guadalajara, told, news, told a news conference late Thursday that public safety workers allowed gas fumes to build up in the sewers unmonitored for seven hours before the series of explosions began. The fire department and water department workers uh, sent to monitor the gas levels uh, apparently went home at 3 a.m. Wednesday because they were tired and thought there was not enough threat to warrant evacuation to the Reforma District. Okay. Uh, wow. Yeah. Mm. So, did you want to put someone up? Well, I was just thinking we could get more specific than just government workers and say fire department and water department workers and also public safety workers. Yeah. Well, the the fire department and the and the water department workers, um, it, it's like whoever is calling that shot. Whoever is sending them home. Right. But it's kind of on, like, they're, whoever's in charge within them, they are responsible for assessing threats, right? Or it sounds like that's what they're saying in that. Yeah. Yeah. It's unclear here who the, the, this person is. And, and I think that the reason it's all very unclear is because, as we'll f- find out, no one eventually was charged or pinpointed as as a responsible party Mm -hmm. no one well yeah yeah. and and in this particular instance and maybe we should say public safety workers or the fire department or the water department um or maybe put those two together the fire and water department but in that particular instance what we're talking about is they were sent to check on the sewer systems which were emitting gas they checked it was high they released these um uh, manhole covers uh-huh. and the threat level went down from I think 100% to 0% combustibility or or 15, 15, I I think, 15 combustibility so those people who were checking when it got to 15 they said okay we're good we're gonna go home now so you know in terms of t- cause of how, why this how this happened why this happened those guys were sort of at the at the very end, they made a bad, dis- sort of a bad decision at the sort of towards the end of the, yeah. of the, the, the issue, the tragedy or so right before it was maybe we call it like, uh, because in this article, uh, outside the council chambers, uh, however, opponents of the mayor, the mayor gathered to denounce the government corruption. They said was responsible for the tragedy. Oh, this had been happening for years. Says, uh, said Mayela Hernandez, 35. It's a system of the PRI, the ruling revolutionary institutional party that is to blame. Oh, okay. Well, let's get them. Oh, so I put government corruption because that's, you know, an alarmist classic. <laughs> yeah. And then I'll put the, should I put the mayor and the political party? Yeah. Let, let's put the mayor and let's talk about him. Uh, mayor Dow. Now this is a, According to Pamela Varley, the Attorney General Morales changed that at least uh, charged that at least nine officials and bureaucrats were criminally responsible for the disaster. Mm. The two highest-ranking officials to be indicted were Mayor Dow 
and the city cabinet official Aris, Aristeo Mejia, secretary of urban and rural development, for allegedly oh. knowing of the danger, danger yet failing to call for an evacuation. Following the release of the attorney general's report, Dow disappeared and was declared a fugitive. What? <gasps> yeah. After Dow's lawyer made a fruitless attempt to secure a guarantee of immunity from uh, prison for the mayor, Dow, Dow reappeared and voluntarily turned voluntarily turned himself over. Well, that doesn't look good. No, not a good look. No. He tried to pull a Ted Cruz there. <laughs> it's like, I'm out of here. I don't care what's going on in my... Did he, did he flee city. to the Four Seasons in Cancun? Yeah, uh, we don't know about Dow. I can fact check that if you want, but you'd have to submit. You have to submit an official fact check request. <laughs> okay. I want to say that he went to. I, I think I read that he went to Seville, uh, to Madrid, uh, somewhere in Spain, Sevilla, mm. or something. Beautiful, beautiful. Must must have been nice. I yeah. I mean, I, I can you imagine being the mayor of a town that uh, or of a city that. It explodes and you're just like, I'm out. <laughs> I'm already looking at government corruption and going, <laughs> I don't see it getting any better than that. Now, here's one that we can just take off the list right now before I even say it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the citizens of Guadalajara. Um, apparently, um, the uh, this is according to Pamela Varley. Late on the afternoon of April 22nd, Governor Cosillo declared that his administration had the situation under control and that there had been no negligence on the part of any authority. By April 23rd, Cosillo had altered his approach somewhat, now focusing his own lack of culpability. By April 24th, the governor was waxing more philosophical uh Suggesting a press conference that in a press conference that in some sense all citizens of Guadalajara shared responsibility oh for the tragedy. God. I say he, this is a quote. I say that we have all constructed this city. No, <laughs> that oh we have made God. it with virtues and defects. Oh come on, we have its features. We have it features that are ideal and others that are not. Yeah, <laughs> no. <laughs> No, no, no. <laughs> That's not how cities are constructed. Put okay, the like put the governor. Yeah, yeah that now, comment itself is no between good. the governor and that mayor. Oh my god, these men. Yeah. <laughs> um. So this is. Let's talk about him. Public debate about the evacuation question was complicated by a difference of opinion over who actually was empowered to order the evacuation. How many times have we seen this where they pass the buck? I mean, how many times? Many citizens believe that in reality, no one blew the rank of state, uh, no one below the rank of state governor could have ordered the evacuation of a large section of central Guadalajara. The governor himself claimed that the mayor could have done so. As one federal administrator later explained, any local official's ability to call for an evacuation was based on the degrees uh, to which the, he enjoyed the confidence of the governor rather than on his official position. So they're saying that the governor has to approve of it. Certainly in the eyes of the disaster victims, Governor Cosillo was the man with the power and the man to blame. Oh, this is, I'm sorry, I, I got this wrong. By the end of April, Cosillo announced that he had decided to take a year-long leave of absence and boarded a 4 a.m. flight to Seville, Spain. 
Oh, okay, so he's in Spain. He's the one who went, who goes to Spain. They both they both left. Spain what? is beautiful. No, I don't know if they both went to Spain, but they, they the mayor and the governor left. The, the governor's the one who took a 4 a.m. flight, which to me is the most damning part of the evidence. <laughs> just he likes to get on an early flight. He wanted to get to Spain early. No, he wanted no He's one to see him in the get middle the... of the night. <laughs> yeah. Well, he and that he says here he and so I think we're confusing the two because I think the mayor absconded. Like he 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 left in secrecy but i but this looks like this guy cosio and now he made an announcement that he's yeah. taking a year-long leave like how absence. convenient it's the end of it i mean this happened on april oh, okay. 21st and know. by the end of april he's like i need a year-long leave <laughs> what <laughs> oh my god these guys are horrible but we're not putting spain on the board <laughs> if that's no, what you're leave, thinking Chris. Leave, leave spain out of it leave spain out of it <laughs> that's not acceptable unacceptable Finally, let's put Pemex up on the board. Um, okay. We could, let's call it Pemex for now, but it could be Pemex embezzling. Uh, again, Pamela Varley. In the eyes of the general public, there was no doubt that Pemex was to blame. A damning but quite prevalent rumor held that Pemex workers had been embezzling gasoline via the La Noguera facility and had learned that the attorney general's office was just about to inspect the facility. Hmm. Fearful of being caught with an oversupply of gasoline, the theory went, Pemex workers had simply dumped the excess fuel down the drain. For a technical mm. point of view, this theory would explain why so much gasoline wound up inside the sewer pipes instead of permeating the subsoil. In Mexico, as Chris had stated earlier, there's only one company that supplies gasoline, and that's Pemex. They have a monopoly, mm. which explains, too, why there is a need to um, embezzle, almost, or, or steal. Mm -hmm. We've seen this before because they have a monopoly over the gas prices and, and, and how you can acquire gasoline, which, you know, we don't. I mean, we have been thinking about it more and more here in the U.S., um, but if, you know, we need gas to travel. We need gas. You sure do. <laughs> to go it. Thank you. Um, and and if you don't know where you can acquire from or if it's too expensive and it's it's being run by one company, then all of a sudden gas is extremely important. Yeah, they can control the output. And then all of a sudden you're in a position where you... You have to start thinking of other options. So you find your guy who works at Pemex. You're like, hey, buddy, come here. I'll give you a whole big big thing of uh, pesos if you just uh, get me some gasoline. And that's how it goes. So you got to put monopolies on there. And, oh, yeah. And, yeah. Because the, those, that's the structure that created an embezzling. We don't know if embezzling was the cause because this is just a theory. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, I mean, I think all – and then you, you go on and uh, – Pemex negligence is coming up next, which I think could be interesting too. Uh -huh. um, well, I, I like what you said about monopolies because the more and more you think about it, monopolies create corruption, right? Oh yeah. yeah. Well, it's not a free market. If you can control, if you can control a certain um, uh, pinch point in, in, in the economy, you know, you you're you have so, so much power. Mm -hmm. I mean, think about Amazon. They're able to, like, they have not only the um, 
they don't not only have sell products, they have they own the platform, so they can control. If somebody wants to sell their wares on Amazon, uh, if you're doing really well, they can make something just like you make and promote their product, oh, and then send yours down to page twelve on the Amazon search bar, and then you know they can control everything yes. basically. So let's put Pemex negligence up on the board. Okay, got it. Time magazine said uh, Mexico's attorney general issued a report blaming the state-owned oil giant Pemex for the explosion last month that destroyed 20 blocks of downtown Guadalajara. Police indicted four Pemex executives. The mayor of Guadalajara and other officials charged them and charged them with a ne- with negligent homicide in connection with the blast. Pemex was offered 40 million pesos to mitigate the disgrace of the estimated 300 million damage caused by the blast. Okay, so just for the record, 40 million pesos is $2 million. And that's what they're paying for the estimated $300 million in damage caused by the blast. This is not even considering all of the casualties and the injured. Um, I mean, that's not enough. That doesn't add up. (laughs) No. Um, Pemex claimed that this was a donation, not an admittance of responsibility. Of course ultimately, not. No. Uh, ultimately, the Pemex executives were cleared of all charges. Well, that's the play. That's the play. If you have the power and you have the resources and you have the lawyers, you can cut a check and you just, you just work it in the budget at the end of the year. It's, it's a disgrace. It's an absolute disgrace. Well, what's so interesting and frustrating, too, is that obviously a thorough investigation was never really done because we it sounds like the Pemex uh, employee corruption is just a theory. And also, like, would that even be enough gasoline to cause this level of explosion? On the other hand, the other option is a one centimeter hole that was supposed to have done this. So they both seem like a little bit. I don't know. Maybe I'm not understanding fully, which I'm sure is part of it. But at the same time, it seems like it could be both or neither well, or one and not the other. And, and we'll never really know. Well, the, the one centimeter hole theory was uh, they came up with that. The attorney general or whatever came up with that after a three day investigation to 72 hours. He figured it out. So I think it's very dubious. Like, mm. w- and I don't think the citizens bought that. And, um, I was watching that documentary on this and they said that a team from Houston went down to help out and they did their own sort of investigation and they found a corroded pipe that was uh, closer to the plant that was way worse and not one centimeter. And, and so this could, there could be a yeah. government uh, cover-up. Oh, I'm totally. sure. I'm sure the government also like, wants to blame Pemex. You know, instead of like having the pipes be blamed because that's more their problem. Yeah, pass the buck. Well, um, so we have a really nice list here. Are we ready to transition? Let's do it. Let's take a break and then we'll start. We'll start knocking things off the list. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Okay, who's to blame for the 1992 Guadalajara explosions? Pipe construction. Subway system, government workers' negligence, the fire department, water department workers, public safety workers, government corruption, Mayor Dow, Ariesto Mejia, the Secretary of Urban and Rural Development, Governor Cosio, Pemex for embezzling, monopolies, or Pemex for negligence. It's what? hard. <laughs> this is hard because it's well, like there we just don't have exactly the answers. So we're going to have to get creative. Yeah. What do you think about? Um, oh, man. Okay. I think we can take the fire department and the water department out because I think this is bigger than them. They weren't going to have the they, they didn't have the power to really call for an evacuation or put the gas back in the get back in the tank like they couldn't put the toothpaste back in the toothpaste thing they were just like checking how much toothpaste was out there already thank you for using toothpaste because now i understand <laughs> more people brush their teeth with toothpaste than they do with gasoline I, yeah. so i figured most people i would say mm-hmm. hope almost everyone I think also we can wrap up public safety workers i mean all of this can go into government workers negligence i agree now, the mayor and the governor, uh, I think Ar- Aristeo Mejia, we can uh, fold him into the, uh, we just don't know exactly if he was to blame, you know, but we can fold him into the public safety workers, which just yeah. got crossed off the list. And government corruption. So he folds into that. Yeah. Um. Government workers' negligence or government corruption? What do we think here? I think the corruption is more to blame, right? Negligence is part of the corruption? Yeah, but I'm trying to follow the money. It's like, it's almost like negligence, like they just didn't care. Because I'm wondering, like, I'm sure everything was corrupt. But usually when you're dealing with corruption, it's because... 
Ugh, it's hard. I don't. I don't know. I'm not. I just don't know. Yeah, negligence is more passive. So you know, corruption has a more has a more uh, um, active sort of feel to it. It's like, did they go out of their way to try and hurt the people of Guadalajara, or did they go out of their way? It was more about convenience and. They just sort of turned the other way when it came to replacing pipes or making sure that the pipelines ran correctly. Right. It's almost like a laziness. Right. Well, that would be just, that would be negligence, right? But on, on the other hand, you got to think they're doing those things to save money. You know, this all yeah. comes down and, and, and money and is about... Um, and m- money's the main driver, yeah. <laughs> and that's what's corrupt about it yeah, is that they're yeah. putting money over the well-being of people. Mm, yeah, maybe negligence just lets them off the hook too much. Right. Yeah. Okay. Let's. I. I think let's go with corruption. Um, over negligence. Yeah, we got to bounce the subway system too, right? Yeah, that can't be made. That goes with it. It was just okay, that, yeah. that caused yeah. the, the pipe to the, put them to put that little U-turn in the Now, pipe. the pipe construction, whoever was in charge of that, probably the government, right? Yeah. Um, so we still have pipe construction, government corruption. Well, the, the pipes aren't constructing themselves. So let's fold the pipes <laughs> into the government corruption. Okay. Can't argue with that point. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, steel is just sitting in mines by itself, just sitting in the hills. <laughs> People go in there and they make the pipes. Like, we did that. It's true. Yeah, we made the pipes. So, government corruption, May, the mayor, Mayor Dow, uh, Governor Cosillo, Pemex embezzling or Pemex negligence. I think Pemex in general. Let's just make it Pemex. Okay. And finally, monopolies are left. I mean, it's so hard because we don't... I'm just assuming, honestly, I'm narrowing in on mayor, the mayor, the governor, and Pemex as this, like, trifecto. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because it's it's a state-owned... It's a government-owned business, the the gasoline, Pemex. That's true, and... uh you know there is oversight in the government and there so and citizens can they live in a democracy so they can vote in people and out people so that that's where sort of oversight comes in whereas monopoly that in a capitalist system is there's no oversight really i mean unless we create laws to to sort of regulate them but well yeah so what are you saying we i guess should... i'm saying that monopolies to me implies um implies that uh, just the fact that the government runs this monopoly, yeah, it sort of doesn't make it a monopoly in the sort of traditional sense that you think of like with the guy with the mustache in the monopoly game. It's like where it's a cap- in, a, in a capitalist system. Well, the guy in the mustache in the monopoly game could be the government official. I mean, it, it just—it's <laughs> just what's his other job, right? You know, it's just—is he wearing a tuxedo or is he wearing the, whatever? His, you his know, government-issued pants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't think that really changes the uh, that uh, you know my the, percept perception of of what a monopoly is. I guess whether that's it's fair. it's in a capitalistic society, whether it's run by the government, a monopoly is a monopoly, hmm. and I think that that is a problem. Yeah, well, I, especially if if people are stealing oil, 
because of the monopoly, which is speculative. Yeah. But and I shouldn't even bring this up because I don't I'm not I I, I need to uh, do more research on this. But there were recently like. Do you remember, uh, it was maybe a few years ago, there had been people who, um, the, the gasoline was coming out of pipes in Mexico, some part of Mexico, and they had run to put uh, put the gas in, in like containers because gas prices were so high, you remember this? And then there was a massive fire and a lot of people died. Like, oh, this is, geez. I'm not saying that that's, that was a different issue, but gasoline and the monopoly of gasoline seems to be a problem from mm. what I'm gathering. Well, that's interesting. And so now I'm thinking if we wanted to, we could wrap the mayor and the governor into government corruption. Um, if we wanted to kind of get swoop them both up and send them both to jail, uh-huh. and then we could maybe um, either Pemex or Monopolies get the slap. Yeah, I like that, Amanda. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. We'll, we'll I think we'll we'll let's let's wrap them into government corruption, but like we'll also say their names when I when I send okay. them to jail. <laughs> okay, yeah, because that's satisfying for you. Yeah, and. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll, uh, do you want to slap Pemex or Monopolies? Do you want to slap Pemex knowing we're sla- slapping a Monopoly? Or do we want to slap Monopolies knowing that Pemex is under Monopoly? <laughs> okay. um, what do you think, Amanda? Uh, let me tough. think. It's a very chicken and the egg s- thing here. I don't slap- know. This is I, I mean, because Pemex, I mean, I'm mad at Pemex because they barely had to pay anything and I somehow, I just have an instinct they were all in cahoots. Mm. So we'll slap Pemex knowing it's a monopoly. Okay. <laughs> whatever, good. whatever gets us to sleep tonight. <laughs> okay, I'm going to call it. Pemex, understanding that it's a monopoly, you're getting the big slap. <laughs> Government corruption, especially from Mayor Dow and Governor Cosillo, you're going to the alarmist jail. So no Spain for you two guys. Try, try, you know what? Uh, Yeah. You can try asking one of our guards if you can book a a. 4am trip to Seville. (laughs) He'll have, he'll laugh at your face. Yeah, you will. (laughs) Yeah. And I would love to get that 4am phone call from the guard being like, Hey Rebecca, is it cool if um, governor Cosillo just, uh, Flies to Seville, (laughs) and we'd fire the guard if he tried to make that phone call just for bothering. Yeah, but I where'd you get her? Where'd you get her home number? (laughs) You shouldn't be giving out your personal cell to all the guards. All the guards know my number. (laughs) No, Rebecca has her. It's her face, her name, and her phone number up on all the walls of the prison. So everyone everyone can contact her. It's a very. It's sort of like uh, Ashton Kutcher putting his phone number on Twitter. You know, like you can call with suggestions or questions. I do. Because you just never know. I like to be informed. I like to. I'm like. Uh, I'm like those bachelorettes who are always like telling the guys in the house to to talk about the the talk bad guy. Talk the shit about guys. the other guys. Yeah. Oh God! <laughs> you should give them the Erios hotline. <laughs> okay, oh, yeah. fine. Oh yeah, but okay. Well, we'll do that next. Now I know. Now I know. I'll give them that number. That's going to be a lot of work to go through and change all those posters. That's yeah. a lot of money. Well, that's why I hired a fact checker. <laughs> okay. Uh, there's a lot that's falling under my responsibilities <laughs> that I did not sign up for. But I guess keep those... What are those keys coming? Those finger keys? That oh, oh, your touch tools. tools. My touch tools. <laughs> yeah. Keep those yeah. coming. So I get paid. 
Well, touch, uh, Chris touch toe, touch tool toes. Ew! <laughs> <laughs> the grossest thing ever spoken on this podcast. <laughs> um, Amanda, Chris, thank you so much for 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 being the special guest. Sometimes we have to treat ourselves mm-hmm. to being special guests. You know, be guests in your own home. I had oh, a great thanks time. Thanks for having us. Yeah. After the Guadalajara explosions, on April 27, 1992, the mayor of Guadalajara and the Secretary for Urban and Rural Development were detained on charges of failing to evacuate the area before the explosions. Four Pemex employees and executives from Siapa were also arrested. Three days later, the governor of Jalisco took a leave of absence, fleeing Guadalajara, never to return to his post after losing public support when he made insensitive remarks in the wake of the tragedy. Investigators concluded that thousands of gallons of gasoline had leaked from a corroded Pemex duct that ran directly above the sewer line. But the Mexican government refused to admit fault in the disaster. An official report was released in December of 1993. The 43,000-page document did not incriminate even one of the nine officials on trial and confirmed that no charges would be brought against anyone in connection with the explosions. Pemex reluctantly agreed to pay out what they called a, quote, donation of 40 million pesos to the victims. That's under $2 million to be split amongst the families of over 200 deceased and approximately 1,400 injured, while continuing to take zero responsibility for the disaster. is to blame by going to the alarmistpodcast.com follow us at the alarmist the on twitter at the alarmist podcast on instagram or email us at the alarmist podcast at gmail.com tune in next week we'll be discussing the russian olympic cheating scandal Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% 
20% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.